Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, what's going on, man? Nothing. Just hanging out here, sitting down, listening to my uh, rumbling colon. What's going on with your colon? Well, it felt like a semicolon the other day. <laughs> but um, boom. Yeah. I went yeah. to the doctor and I said, <laughs> "Take my wife, please." Oh, anyway. I went to the doctor. He said. Uh, I feel like a dog. Will I be able to play violin when I'm done with this? Of course. I couldn't play violin before, but um bum I'm still not getting it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a bunch of bad Milton Burl jokes, I think. Uncle Milty. Yeah. Yeah, my, my colon had some uh, disruptions. Actually, all parts of my digestive tract had uh, disruptions. John caught some sort of bug that I'm hoping there are no remnants of in his home. Yeah, it was odd. I mean, it was one of those deals where... I woke up and I felt kind of eh, under the weather, but not too horrible. And my my normal ritual is I get the kids ready for school. Uh, my wife goes off to work. I get the kids in the car, drop them off at school, and then I head off to Rome, New York. It takes me about 45 minutes, 50 minutes from there. So I drop the kids off and I'm feeling like, oh man, my gut's kind of, ugh, but okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to get to work. By the time I was on the New York State Thruway, Route 90, getting off the exit, I was in agony. One of those horrible cramping, holding it down on both ends, making sure that nothing comes out on either side. Oh, it was awful. And I I went to the closest public restroom and evacuated my entire tract. It was was, uh, horrible. I stayed in there for about 45, 50 minutes, called into work. The the worst part was I had to make that trek back because I'd already driven... All the way out there. Yeah, I won't be sitting in the driver's seat of that car too soon. I'll tell you that. Nothing leaked. We'll put it that way. No, I don't believe it. You know, I've got a story. It happened a couple of weeks ago. You're not going to talk about leakage, are you? (laughs) In a way, I am, actually. It's it's a kind of a leakage, except it's an air leakage. Oh, that kind. I got... I went to work on a Friday, a couple, two, three, four Fridays ago. I don't even quite remember when. And I noticed that there was a screw in my driver's side front tire. You got screwed. I did, and so many things. I, I was actually so lucky because the tire had to be rotated to the right place for me to see it. I must have made a little maneuver as I backed into the driveway so that I made like a right turn so the tire was sticking out from the wheel well. It was turned a little, which allowed me to see the screw that was rotated in the right place, and I, I actually felt very lucky. It was Because it's a screw, the threads were holding it in, so it was kind of maintaining its air pressure. I was losing about a pound an hour. So what I ended up doing was I put my bicycle pump in the car, and when I got to work, it lost about eight nine pounds. I just pumped it back up and just you know made an appointment at uh, made an appointment at a national auto chain to have it taken care of. And I won't name names, but they're kind of like the peppy children. I think is is uh, I won't name names either, but they're pet boys. <laughs> No, no, they're kind of like the peppy children, and uh, they got me in on the Saturday, the very next morning at 8 a.m., so I had to get up at 7, you know, to shower and get over there on time, and which is earlier than I get up for work, by the way, so I had to get up earlier on a Saturday than I normally would 
So I got over there, and, and they apparently do it right. They plug the hole. They put a plug in the hole itself. You're still they, talking about the tire, right? Yep. And okay. they put a patch on the inside. They rebalance your tire, and they give you a new valve stem. It's like a new tire when they're done. It's like twenty four ninety five or something, and I was happy to pay it just because that is like a complete fix. You know, there was no better fix than that. They do everything they can possibly do. They could massage you while you're waiting. They could, but they did not. So I was quite happy and I drove home and everything seemed to be fine. But then a little later I had some errands to run and I ended up having to get out on all the roads between the peppy children and my house are slow roads. The, uh, the business rhymes with pet boys, peppy children. And all the roads are slow and they're like 35, 45 mile an hour roads. And, uh, once I got home and I had more errands to run, I got out on some highways that were 65 mile an hour roads. And I noticed that the balance was out. So clearly they didn't do a good job balancing that tire. So I had to go back to the peppy children. It was squared. It was, it was actually triangular. It was very uncomfortable to be in. And, uh, I had to go back to the peppy boys and waste another 45 minutes while they took it off and balanced it right. And they made some excuse like, well, we did it on a different machine, so it should be fine now. Well, listen, I'm here to tell you that if that other machine they balanced my tire on is that far out of calibration, the two sets of snow tires that they put on and balanced on that machine as I was waiting for mine to get done for two other customers, those are going to be some very unhappy customers because all four tires are going to be out of balance. they, They cancel each other. Yeah, maybe. They, they're reciprocals of one another, you so, know? And, uh, okay, so I'm like, cool. They balanced it. It was fine. It was beautiful. It was actually better than before. The balance was better than before the flat, and I was very happy. Okay, so that's Saturday. The next day rolls around, and it's very cold here in New York. It's starting to become winter. There's snow on the ground. Yes, and I want to address that very briefly, but, um, you know, as air gets colder, it contracts, and your air pressure goes down in your tires. So I wanted to just top off. Uh, the, I figured the tire that they filled would be right on. My car calls for 30 PSI. So I checked the three tires that they didn't fix, and uh, they were down about three, four pounds. So I filled them back up, and just on a whim, I checked the one that they fixed, and it was exactly 30 pounds. But I pulled the gauge off the valve stem, and all I heard was... And for those who don't recognize that... That's, that's not static. That's the sound of escaping air. They put a defective freaking valve stem on the thing so i hurry up and i screwed the valve cap back on and i called him i was livid i was furious it was like three in the afternoon on a sunday and i said he was beside himself i was and i was like well what the hell what what is going on and i was like they're like well we'll pay for towing just call 1-800 pep boys and that's not a commercial by the way (laughs) but that's the number apparently and we'll pay for towing screw you that's right. Screw in the tire, you, and we'll pay for the towing and bring it in and blah, blah, blah. And I was like three in the afternoon and I said, what time do you close today? And they said five. And I said, wait a minute. I got to go to work tomorrow. You're telling me you're going to be able to get the tow truck here, get it to your facility and get it fixed before five? I was livid and I, I was like, all right, goodbye. And I went outside and I noticed though that that little screw on cover for the valve stem actually was holding the air in. So I put I pulled, unscrewed that really quick. I put my bike pump on the tire again, put in like 10 pounds, screwed the the cap to the valve stem back on and just drove there. And it actually held pressure perfectly. That that little cap is heretofore to be known as lifesaver. No, the Dutch boy. Yes. The finger in the dam. That's right. And um, finger in the dam tire. Finger in the dike, as it were. (laughs) And um, um, speaking of bad Milton Berle jokes. I'll bet Milton Berle has never used the word dyke in any of his routines. Okay, so but here it gets better, right? I think they finally, they fix it. They put the new valve stem in. They rebalance it. Everything's great. 
I get home and then I notice that my wheels, the the like mags, the uh, the t- the wheels on my car, which are five spoke like aluminum, they're from the factory from Saturn, but they're nice. They're sixteen inch attractive five spoke wheels. They're not rims. They're wheels. Well, they're what the kids today call rims. Well, they're they're actual alloy wheels. They're not. They don't have like just. It's not like a rim with a hubcap on right, it. Right, but a, but a, the kids today call them rims. Sometimes they call them rims. It's one piece, and if any yeah. piece of it gets damaged, it's got to be replaced basically so what i noticed was that every spoke on my five spoke all the way around in the same spot was scratched and i was like oh my god what couldn't what didn't go wrong on my little retail excursion here you found a dead hooker in the wheel too (laughs) i did so at the end of the day they're gonna try to buff it out because they think it's just scratches in the finish the clear coat and um and i said well what if it doesn't work and they said well we'll buy you a new wheel so they're gonna make it right but at the end of the day i ended up having to spend an extra 90 minutes at pep boys and by the way they do my oil changes and up to this point my experiences with them have been very good so i can't complain but Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong on this particular one, and it's uh, it was filled your tire with gasoline. It was a little frustrating because it was actually it was two weeks ago because I had to be in Syracuse to tape the show, and I was like, "Come on, I gotta go. Let's go." That's okay. So it was actually two weeks ago. That's how I know. Well, you know what should be done to them? I don't know what. You should line up all three of the boys with Pep, Manny, Mo, and Jack. I think those are their names. Yeah, they need to be shot. That's right. Kill him dead. I'm 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 completely advocating the murder of three cartoon characters. Oh my! And on that note, you want to play a tune? I'm going to play some tunes about oh. hateage. 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 Let's check it out. Let me tell you, my friends, of the one they call Jones. She's the cream of the crop. She's the belle of the ball. With suitors aplenty, a cadre of cronies She's loved by the masses But wait, that's not all She's got a room full of shoes Her Manolos are strappy They make her so happy The infamous one they call Jones She's got a knack for entertaining When she rings up the gang For a night of shebang She's the mostest The hostess called Jones With her tiny lapdog Who will fit in her satchel She flits about town With the greatest of ease From Barney's to Bendel's A quick stop at Bliss For a manicure, pedicure Pink, if you please Quick as a wink, she knows your troubles She can show you the path you've been missing for years The practical genius called Jones Français avec panache With a worldly demeanor She gets on real well Continental and classy That's Jones 
day she lounges smugly It's a very tough job to be worshipped and envied But nothing to worry about Time for a cocktail She really deserves one That Jones La 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 Cool Who was that? That was one of our favorite bands ever. Ever? That was called the Lascivious Biddies. And actually, that's a song written by Amanda Monaco, the guitarist who's not in the band anymore, as performed by the Lascivious Biddies. To be completely and utterly accurate. That's right. Well, I, I think it's respectful to say that, since she gave us permission to play the true, tune true. And, and, and all that. She's really cool. And uh, that was a great tune. And I know a couple of our listeners, including a gentleman in England, is a fan of the quirkier little bands like the Biddies. And, uh, We're all about the quirk. We, <laughs> we like the quirk. Speaking of quirks and corks, what are we drinking today? We have uh, a highly rated, and it's uh, almost done. I think we've been just it's, it's quaffing dead. it. We uh, killed it. Yeah, it's a, uh, a Chilean Malbec from Punto Final. It's actually, yeah, it's Punto Final Malbec. Um, Final point. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any other information about it. Yeah, I'll put it on the web. That's it. It's a, oh yeah, the year. 2006. It's actually pretty recent. Oh, it's an 06. That's yeah. the newest wine we've had on the show. Last well, last time is. we did an, a 2000, and this year we're doing six years younger. Last time I went wine shopping. We like shopping. them young. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah, last time I went wine shopping, uh, I noticed that there were a lot more 2006s on the racks. It's probably time. It is time. Hey, before we get into the next topic, I've got something that's kind of topical to the topic. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk sort about... Sort of like a lotion. Yeah, we're going to talk about... <laughs> it, it is. ba We're going to be talking about something to do with uh, needles and pins. And uh, you may have heard this. Is that Our, like a string of Pelopines? <laughs> it is. Our friend Barry Bonds, finally... In- indicted. He, he was indicted. I was going to pronounce it exactly the same way, the correct way. He was indicted. He was indicted for perjury. You know why? Because apparently they think he lied. You know why they think he lied? On the stand. While you know, under oath. Do you know why they think he lied on the stand? Because under he's oath? a liar. On the stand, <laughs> Because he's under a oath. big, fat liar head. Because his pants were on fire. No, <laughs> he, was, he was on the stand, under oath. Wait, was he on or under? Now I'm confused. I'm trying to pic- picture how this worked out. Well, he said he never took any performance-enhancing drugs, yet at the same time, he tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Therefore, liar, no, liar, said, pants he ablaze. He, he I think technically he said he's not aware that he took any performance enhancing drugs. So he could have drank and something. They don't buy that. He could have drank something that somebody spiked. And I realize he's choosing his words carefully so he the weasel factor so he can weasel out, but you see what I'm saying. Well, right. He doesn't he didn't he can't also explain any of the bulging muscles either. <laughs> yeah, the gigantic uh, hulking mass that is now the new Barry Bond. And he flies into rages and his testicles suddenly just Disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But you know what? We did talk about snow. And on the website last year, I did something that uh, I actually find kind of like a little, uh, a pleasant little sweet tradition. I'm a fan of the show Northern Exposure. And they did this episode where they talked about, like in this little town in Alaska, whenever the first snowfall happens, they, they everybody in the community walks out onto the street and they, they hug each other and they wish each other Bonnie Vare, which is good winter. And uh, we kind of had our first snows here in central New York over the You're past few days. You're not hugging me, days. dude. I, I don't know why. And um, get over it, man. 
I thought you were comfortable in your masculinity. <laughs> I am, and it's staying right here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So anyway, we've had our first snows in the past couple of days. And in fact, we had a little bit of snow on my car this morning, but I was very surprised when I drove to John's house. There's like three inches over here. There's like real snow. His kids were able to bust out the sleds and slide yeah. down a hill. Yeah, they were sledding this morning. And like any kid, they jumped out the door and left a complete wreck in the house when they were looking for all their snow stuff. And yeah, it's it's real snow. Syracuse is in the Lake Effect snow band. Where, well, as is my home. Yeah, we're uh, we're right below Utica, Rome, Syracuse. We're right below the the band well, that comes off of Lake Ontario. Yeah, we're east of east and below southeast of yeah. uh, of Lake Ontario. So you get those Canadian winds blowing over the lake. They pick up all that moisture and freeze it, and then we get bombed. We get blitzed. Yeah. So we, anyway, we to all of, hundreds of inches of snow every year. We certainly year. can. To to all of our listeners out there who are in countries that experience winter, I, I wish you all bon hiver. Cool. So uh, let's talk drugs. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about drugs. And, you know, I don't think we've actually delved into this topic before, but it's something that you know, it's it's been in the public eye for years now because I've seen a drugs variety are in their of, eyes. I've seen a variety of court cases. Sure, I shoot heroin right into my eyes. Oh, you know, it's, that's the best high. And you know, the, f- 10, 15 years ago, this first popped into the public consciousness. And I remember my first experience with it—not my personal experience, but seeing news reports about it—were in New England, and there were a vi- variety of communities that were giving out free clean needles to drug users. And the rationale behind that was. Clean needles uh, means uh, users aren't going to be sharing needles anymore, and we're going to keep down communicable diseases, right? Things HIV, like hepatitis. Ha- so. HIV and hepatitis are the two really big ones. These people are probably going to be using, whether we like it or not. So let's at least, for the public health, the good, what, what's that phrase? The uh, um, I don't know what the, the good is. of everyone, you know, for um, what, what what is that phrase? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. <laughs> and the one. No, that's and Mr. Spock. That's Star Trek 2 or something. So anyway, the, the idea was you and I are going to live in a safer community if people who are doing drugs like heroin and whatnot have access to free clean needles, you know. And I saw something on Canadian television. I think it was Canadian television. But at the very least, what was happening was happening in Canada. And what it what what it is is apparently in uh, in Canada right now, in addition to providing free clean needles for uh, addictive drug users for drug users who shoot up, they're now also providing safe harbor facilities for them to do it in, like some sort of medical office, if you will, under the supervision of doctors and nurses. And once again, the rationale here is in addition to keeping down uh, disease, the the rationale is to limit. And uh, reduce the number of overdoses that happen. You know, if the drugs are administered properly, people can um, be feel a little safer that you know there's going to be fewer deaths due to, to due to overdoses and things like that. And I just remember sitting in the break room at work, watching this story, and seeing all of the the hardcore conservative types, if you will, conservative in quotes, whatever that means. You know, being very very critical of this this policy of the Canadians, those damn socialist, liberal, commie pinkos. And mind you, the person who was speaking the most vocally about this was a drug user, right? He smokes pot. He does it at work. On his breaks, he's out, you know, in, in, in a place where nobody can see him, lighting up a, a little a little bowl and getting high. And I, I recognize that there is a, a real difference between a drug like marijuana and heroin, and I don't have a problem with marijuana legalization, but from a purely brass tax perspective, it's an illegal drug, 
you know? So how can you sit there and look down on this person who got addicted to heroin for whatever reason? And, you know, these addictions are very real when you yourself are a drug user. I mean, that's, that's like casting stones and we haven't really hit the whole free clean needles issue, but in so many communities around this, this great country of ours, this, these programs have been upheld. And I, for one, uh, stand in agreement with those programs. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to probably so fall I've, on that that I've, side as well. I've laid the gauntlet down. Well, it's not a gauntlet that's going to really be conflicting with my point of view. I mean, but it's it's a gauntlet nonetheless for someone. It, it's a gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> that's my chair squeaking again. I'm sorry. We got to oil John's chairs. Mine doesn't squeak. I think it's your ass squeaking. <laughs> it could so, be. I, I probably agree. I mean, I want to just, in all fairness, I want to maybe state and be the proxy for the other side as to why they're saying that this is a bad thing. And, and well, I think we can all imagine why they're saying it's a bad well, thing. Well, one one reason, and and maybe this is not how they would phrase it, but they're being closed minded and thinking, well, if it's illegal, then there's no way in hell we can even conscious consciously support anything that has any conscionably to do with, i think is the no, word you're looking i mean for. consciously meaning no. you, they're awake when they're doing it <laughs> conscionably i think is the word they they can <laughs> they can support anything that has anything to do with it or comes within like 100 yards of it so yeah they're they're being very very strict with their their morals and they're forgetting about you know the human issue and and anything else that's affected by whatever their their decisions are but the other thing is they're they're also probably arguing that by having a program like that it's not helping people get off the drugs and it may even be encouraging people to stay on the drugs because it's it's reducing no, barriers I, I believe this canadian program does encourage uh the the weaning off of the drugs as well it's not right. just uh, an enabling kind of thing you know to use that psychological word you know they're not right. just enabling it I think the biggest problem with drug use of these kinds, you know, injectables that are addictive, are is that I tend to think of it as, in, in this country, the United States of America, we think of it as a legal issue when in reality it's a medical issue, you know. These people have an addiction that needs to be treated. It, yes, the drugs happen to be illegal, but that's just arbitrary. That's just because we've chosen that this substance that actually happens and occurs in nature is is illegal, right? Marijuana, it grows. It happens in nature. And we've right. arbitrarily, some person, 100, 200, whatever that number is, years ago, decided that marijuana, whatever, coca leaves, whatever, were was illegal, and they've arbitrarily chosen to make them illegal. But, and I don't know, know what the history behind making it illegal really is. And it is. would be an interesting history. Yeah. We should actually look into that and talk about that someday. But I, I suspect also that making it illegal is kind of like... Um, Maybe, possibly, probably um, addressing the symptom and not necessarily the cause. And that's what I'm getting at is treating it like a medical issue and not a, a legal issue. Right. So if they're they're making the, the drug illegal, they're, they're probably saying, okay, for public safety, you, people don't want to be abusing these drugs because it could you know hurt people directly. Also for public safety and to reduce crime because if someone needs these drugs and they can't get it and they can't pay for it, they might turn to crime, so they want to reduce crime. So instead well, of poverty, dealing... poverty increases crime too, but they exactly. don't want to reduce poverty. Yet, right, and right? poverty increases all sorts of substance In including abuses. Including drug even, use. Even, yeah. even legal substance abuse, especially. I mean, look at 
the Soviet Union had alcoholism. huge alcoholism. Yeah, alcoholism. Why? Because of poverty. Yeah, and let's, I mean, we live within, you live in particular, within 10 yes. miles of an Indian nation. And, you know, we put these people in these concentration camps known as uh, reservations. And uh, alcoholism was rampant in Indian reservations, Native American Indian reservations as well. Right. So to me, I think that the the programs... And maybe this is an education thing because most people, when they think of these programs, they just think that of them in terms of black and white. Oh, free needles, free place to do your drugs. There, there you go. And that's wrong. Well, most social programs, most of these charitable programs have some sort of rehabilitation aspect to them. I mean, even if you look at like a soup kitchen or if you look at a homeless shelter or you look at like uh, Catholic charities, it's right across the street from the cathedral in downtown Syracuse. I'll walk in, for, I'll, I'll go to mass or something at, at the cathedral once in a while, and there are people right in front of, right in front of the church, right in eye, eyesight or right in, in uh, viewing distance of the, the, the pantry, the food pantry, where they can get food and help and assistance. They're, they're begging for money. And I always tell them, look, if you need something, they're right across the street. And they say, oh, no, no, they won't, they, they turn me away. Well, first, they don't turn them away. They're probably telling them, look, we'll help you. We'll give you the food, but you also have to come with the program and we'll help you get on your feet again but they yeah, don't want to the, they don't want to do that work yeah but some of these programs are just bunk too some of these 12-step programs involve religion and all this crap that i not, wouldn't want to get these into myself kitchens. i mean okay. i'm, I'm well, talking do you about know that for a fact yes i do okay well i want to get one of them on here to rebut you to read <laughs> no your, one's gonna to, they're gonna read your butt no one's gonna do anything to my butt especially audio that's this is nasty so what? So I'm thinking. What the hell? We don't want the audio of anything happening to my butt. Oh, okay. So I do actually. I want to get that on the internet. Get it speak, on YouTube. Speak for yourself. Taze on day could could do something with that. So the same thing with the needle programs. I'm I have chocolate no, drugs. I have, I have no doubt that you get into one of these programs. They're not just going to say, "Oh yeah, you want a needle? Here's a bag of them. Yeah, you want a couch?" Chill out, dude. We've got well, like a we got a, a lava lamp over there for you to stare at too. Well, no, at the same time, no. though, we have to be sympathetic to the simple fact that these addictions are real. You know, your brain neurons get really addicted to this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, and getting off of the addiction is really tough. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't see these Lindsay Lohan type people having these difficulties in getting off the addictions. I Those mean, she's are different issues, but yeah. Well, no, they're not different issues. She's clearly an addict and and she has reason, and she has the means to get that whenever she wants. Fine, too. I'm not That's even fine. arguing that, but what I'm arguing is that your brain makes these addictions very real, you know? Um if you get if you become an alcoholic, you know, the the de- the delirium tremors are 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 a very real aspect of withdrawal that are hard to overcome. It's it's much easier to take another drink than it is to go through that obstacle course that torture of of withdrawal and the dts and stuff like that so right sure we we need to start developing and incur well getting back on the whole healthcare topic we need to make that part of healthcare reform we need to make our healthcare system friendly to encouraging people and helping them get off these addictions you know right well and and i think these free needle programs are the first step of that process and, and then and everything the, else comes later. And to the, the earlier point, what they also do is they, they reduce the number of communicable diseases because... And fatalities. Right. And and what that what that does is it also, I mean, for the purely economic view, if you want to be a, a hardcore analyst here, it reduces the overall cost of, of medicine in this country. And which apparently is a good there are people who don't understand that. And, and you Occasionally. know what? They're all libertarians. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. Yeah. 
Anyways. So I, I found that I found that Canadian program to be very interesting because a it's it's in keeping with a kind of logic that does make sense to me, and b it's sort of upping the ante, and c it provides for interesting debate fodder. And we immediately got into a discussion about it at work, and of course you and I are talking about it right now. No, we're not. <laughs> Apparently, the, I'm going to edit yes, out that I'm four sorry. seconds of silence, or yes. or maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll keep it in there. Yeah, we're we're talking about it now, and and I think that it's something that people are going to continue talking about. Unfortunately, it, this is the little tiny pessimist voice in my head. I don't think anyone's going to do everything anything about on your it. Body is tiny. Um, nothing's going to happen. Nothing is going to happen, which is going to be talk. And it, well, may, it may have come up every once in a while during the election season, but that's... Well, it. no, we're, we're certainly not going to hear Hillary talking about it. But the fact that it's happening in a country a few hundred miles to our north means that the idea is going to get some exposure. And eventually, look, the whole free need, clean needles program was radical in its heyday. You know, it was it was an insane idea. And it makes all the sense in the world. So maybe we'll start looking at these things and adopting them a little later. But again, I think it's the first step to eliminating you know, drug use because most of these people are doing the, – the kind of people that they were interviewing on this special uh, with regards to that Canadian law, this Canadian program – these are people who, A, I think don't want to be addicted, and these are not like partiers. These are people who got addicted because they're depressed, you know, their their current social standing, their situation, whatever you want to say, their their current prospects, job prospects and things like that are 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 kind of poor. So they turned to substance abuse. And I actually have a great deal of sympathy for these people because I know a little bit about a little bit about that. I mean, I'm not addicted to any sort of uh you know, uh, hardcore drugs. But when I'm depressed, you know, I can turn to carbs and it's really easy for me to pick up a bag of gluten-free cookies. And just because they're gluten-free doesn't mean they're calorie-free, right? And I know what it's like to be a little depressed and, and eat a whole bag of cookies. And, you know, thankfully, I'm not, you know, shooting my arm up with heroin. I know Rich just sits in front of uh, Dr. Phil and watches uh, Oprah and well, eats he his bag a, of cookies. He's a very attractive man. Wearing his uh, fuzzy slippers and... My tidy whities Every once in a while, he yells at the TV something like, Yo, you go, girl, and, and, and like tears streaming down his face. Exactly. Thank you very much. That, that <laughs> describes my life perhaps closer than any other thing. <laughs> he does have this giant pink fuzzy robe with a, with a cursive L embroidered on it. <laughs> like Laverne? <laughs> Laverne? Laverne and Shirley? <laughs> and he wears John's, colors in his hair. John's invoking Laverne and Shirley? Yeah. What is that yeah, You about? invoke Squiggy, so I invoke Laverne. When did Laverne. I invoke Squiggy? I haven't invoked Squiggy since we talked about A League of Their Own. Mm, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All let's right. play a tune. All right.
just wonder what you are. It's a wonder that we even wonder at all. We don't know everything, we sure are trying hard to understand just what you are. Crawl up onto the shore. Those planetary catastrophes eventually paved the road for Australopithecus remedies four million years ago. birthday universe i think they got the math wrong i wonder actually what day if we reverse the gregorian calendar or whatever calendar we're on i wonder actually what day of the week the creation of the universe would have would have happened on in what month you know tuesday uh, what year 12 what well what month actually we don't need to bother, worry about the, the year. year zero right it was the year well the absolute year zero yeah but i mean you know is it like well, october you even, 9th what day did the universe read hawking you can't even talk about it in these terms Time, I'm talking time, about them. Time if I'm not didn't mistaken, exist. I'm talking about no, but y- if you could reverse, yeah, it's a, right. a purely linear thing, and it's not that's not how it worked. I love the the uh, at least as far as we know, brief moment in time or whatever that Hawking book was. Brief history of time. Brief history of time. I read that. It's been republished with some uh, updates over the years. But somebody asked him once. In yeah, he what... republished it. He got rid of everything in the middle, and he said, "Oh, never mind." At the end, that's right. He, suddenly, he's Emily Latella. But he was asked once, in what area of our universe was the universe first created? And, of course, the answer is everywhere, which I love and makes perfect sense to me. Right. There was nothing. Then there was everything. The concept of our universe that I also love is that it's finite and yet has no boundaries. And that can easily be explained by the surface of the Earth, right? I mean, if we were, if we had no water on our planet, you could walk forever and you would think you were just walking forever, but it's really finite, but yet in two dimensions has no boundaries. Well, because people get stuck in this whole Cartesian plane problem where they think everything is 
I, I get stuck in the Cartesian linearly. well problem, actually, not the Cartesian plane problem. I'm just trying to get dr- clean drinking water. You try to you stay know? off the plane, I think, is what you told me the other day. I don't like flying. It's okay. actually it's actually very true. So you yeah. wanted to talk well, about... The... I want to mention this song oh, well, because every once yeah. in a while we forget to mention the band. I know we do, and it's, it's v- shame on us. Yeah, and I'll be correcting that in a sense soon. This was Happy Birthday Universe by The All Rights. By The All Rights. And what a cool little song. Yeah, I loved it. I, I love all the little geeky little references in there. and I love the, the George Harrison guitar parts. Yeah, it mm-hmm. had its moments, and it had a little... Uh, what was that band that did um, with the really funky organ part? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the band, but it had that Bob sort of... Bob and the Funky Organ? Yeah. <laughs> and I love them. I have all their records. Oh, I have every single one of all of their record. <laughs> That's right. I so, have their 45. <laughs> I can only afford the 23. So I watched the, the Democratic debate this week. Well, one of many, which... Uh, well, right. This is sort of like the first one. I mean, that pretty kicked, pretty much kicked off the the 12 months remaining remaining in the election. Yes. Election cycle. And I'm not going to say much about the topic because every single one of these people, I, I think, has some pros and cons. I, I think that it was just entertaining. I mean, this was one of the more entertaining debates that I've ever seen. Were they mud wrestling? I mean, no. What, what I, could I, possibly I, make a presidential candidate debate entertaining? Because they're, they're not talking about issues. No, they're not. And that's one of the reasons why my mind started to wander. My mind is a blank. Y'all bluckles. My mind was wandering. Eggy wags. And I said, I wanted to play a game with, with this Democratic debate. So I've got these cast of characters John on the stage. John made it a drinking game, actually. I made it a game with, with myself. And, well, he does a lot of things. And with himself. I said, "Okay, I'm I'm looking at these people, and I'm thinking, what is their kink? Like Ray Davies and Dave Davies? No, what what? Oh, no, what, that's the kinks. What Never gets mind. them off behind closed doors? Well, <laughs> we know what Bill's answer is. Right. It's well, cigars he, he and pages. On, he wasn't on the stage, so but we don't know what it gets off Hillary behind closed doors. And I think deep down no. in the very recesses of my bowels, nothing gets Hillary off." Well, this is I want to do. I want to run down all the candidates, and I want to tell you what I think, and then you tell me what you think. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Okay. Okay. John Edwards. Um, I actually like him. I think he's very well-spoken. I think he's a smart guy, and I wouldn't have a problem if you were president. To be I'm honest. not asking you what you think about the guy. I'm thinking, minute, what, what's his kink? You wanted me. Oh. Tell me what his kink is. What I do don't you know think? what kink means. What, what's his fetish behind the oh. doors? Um... I honestly don't know. I, uh, John Edwards, I think he's a missionary position guy, and um, he only has sex to uh, add uh, humans to our population. I think diapers. Really? Yeah. I think he, I think he big, wears... big safety pins on the side? I think big safety pins, and I think he has like a pacifier in his mouth, and his, and his wife uh, puts powder on him. Okay. Okay. What's next? Uh, next one was Chris Dodd. I know nothing about him. I, I just want to... Weak chin. Weak chin, yeah. White hair. Um, what's his kink? Um, porn. I don't know. You're wrong. Okay. Black leather ball gag. <laughs> he's the gimp from, uh, he's definitely the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one. I'm, I'm actually visually picturing this. Uh, Barack was next in line. Barack, Barack Obama. Obama. Wow. Um, I just, I can't even imagine. Kama Sutra. I don't know. He just does it all. Yeah, I could see the Kama Sutra. <laughs> I could see that with him. Well, you know I can, I I can see? actually see it on your bookshelf. You know what else I can No. You know yes. what else I could see? What? I could see him putting cigarettes out on his wife. <laughs> That's just wrong, dude. <laughs> That's just so wrong. We're going to get so sued right now. We're not going to get sued. We're not okay. making money off this. Who's next? Hillary. Like you said, you said nothing. 
and I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I think she takes like sleeping pills so that she has to avoid the entire topic. <laughs> she actually adds stress to her life, so she That's can honestly right. say, "I have a headache," it's, and she, mean it every time. She actually has a prescription to force headaches. To, to <laughs> she has some sort of medication. The CIA made it for her, and it just gives her a 24-hour headache. Oh, um, the next one I think was uh, Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich. Wow. What is his kink? Um, polished stainless steel. <laughs> He's definitely a foot fetishist. Uh, surgical steel, or no, Pyrex. Pyrex um, appendages. <laughs> and I think he also... He, he's a what? What did you just a, say? He's a foot fetishist. Oh, yeah. And, and he's I, a, f- a member of the First Church of Appliantology. And I also think that um, he likes to wear a gnome costume. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that, actually. he, In many ways, he is a gnome, <laughs> as they pronounce it in the Linux world, anyway. Bill Richards. No, nothing about him. The governor of New Mexico. Um, Richard Richardson. Yeah, I I have no idea what his kink is. I want to say peyote. That's all I can think of. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. I think I'll stick with that one. <laughs> peyote. I'm, I'm adopting that one. Okay. Uh, Joe Biden was next, and he was the last one, I think. Oh, I don't know much about him either. Give me a help, because you gave me a state, and I immediately thought of a peyote. Oh, with the last Joe one. Biden. He's been in the Senate so long; he doesn't even have a state. He's been in the Senate so long, he doesn't even have a state. Um, oh, you know what he likes? Wood slivers. <laughs> Wood slivers? Yeah, because, you know, like the, the benches on the Senate, you know, I don't know. It's a kinky thing. It's like a pain thing. It slivers. No, he's, he's into anal. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I wanted to say that with Hillary, but I just I <laughs> wasn't quite comfortable but, going there. But she's a, she does it the reverse. She's the one who's giving, not receiving. She has a strap on? <laughs> yeah, that's, you got it. You know, I have a friend who works at a newspaper, much like so, you I'm sorry to. about that, uh, that's that, our, pur- that prurient interlude. That was actually a segment, too. Yeah. I have a friend who works at the Rome Sentinel, which is a, a newspaper, a competitor to a newspaper you used to work at. Yep. And Hillary came through town one Halloween, like two or three, four years ago. Dressed and, as herself. Yeah, she was dressed as herself. But my friend Dan went to work with red contact lenses, and he dyed his hair totally like satanic red. And he sent me a picture of him shaking Hillary's <laughs> hand with this satanic red look. And she the, was amazed. The, the caption was, Hillary makes deal with devil. That's exactly <laughs> president of the United States. That's right. I, although I doubt that. But anyway. Well, you know what? Actually, you know, we I can was, talk about that again in the, on a future show. I was watching that debate and the, the reality is I was not that I'm going to vote for any of those people on that stage um, but you I, might right I, um, probably not but I was impressed with so you're going to vote Republican didn't say that <laughs> but there's an implication we've had this discussion well you're, you're Mr. Black and White here if I don't do one I have to do the other no I actually I, I just vote green so who cares <laughs> Right. Or I don't vote. I vote gray. I think the, the I think right, I'm writing in. I think the right not to vote is just as important as the right to vote in a free society. Yeah, I think I'm going to be exercising that one this year or next year. Next year, actually. But, um, yeah, I think that she's going to get the nomination, and I think that she's got a really well, good chance of will. winning. Mm-hmm. I think because if, if, yes no. if Giuliani's the one that's up against her, I think he's got some serious problems, Yeah, but too. his running mate's going to be Alex Rodriguez, so. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. Anyway, I think that's a show. What do you think? Um, I don't know if it's a show. It's a show. Officially, it's a show now. It's like we a runaway train. We it. can't stop that. It can't be stopped. It's sort of like, um, what was that thing? Eastwood Canyon. Super train. Eastwood Canyon and um, uh, Back to the Future, remember? He said his name was Clint Eastwood, and they thought he went over the cliff, oh, and it was yeah. Eastwood Canyon. But anyway, you've been listening to another episode of Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. My name is Rich Wilgus. I am John Tallarico. 
Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Hit our forum and uh, speak your mind. Bloodyveg.com slash forum. And leave us feedback to feedback at bloodyveg.com. And, uh, you know, you can speak your mind, but be polite. We have this fruit fly flying around, and it's quite annoying. I'm thinking about fumigating the house. We're going to kill the damn thing. Anyway, you've been listening to the VIB. VIB.